Welcome to the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I'm Curtis Rogers, Communications Director, and today I'm pleased to have with us in our studio Terry Conroy. Terry graduated from Winthrop College and the University of South Carolina School of Law, and after practicing law for several years, she became the department chair for the parallel paralegal program, say that fast three times, <laughs> paralegal program at Ori Georgetown Technical College. After moving back to Columbia, she attended library school and worked as a graduate assistant at the USC Law Library. She was later hired as a reference librarian and legal research instructor, and in 2011, she became assistant director of legal research instruction for the University of South Carolina School of Law. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Curtis. It's I'm great. excited to be here. It's great to have you here. Um, one of the things we're doing this month is I wanted to highlight some uh, special specialty librarians, and we've had Ruth Riley from the USC School of Medicine, and I also wanted to invite you uh, being a law librarian so we can talk about all the great things you do with law librarianship. Um, so what originally drew you to the field of law librarianship? Well, when I was in law school, uh, there were these great law librarians like uh, Mr. Cross, um, and I didn't know how you became a law librarian. I didn't know he had a JD and a, mm-hmm. you know, a library degree, and I, so I, I was in law school, so I'm like, I'm foraging on. Uh-huh. And then years later, when I was teaching paralegal program at Orange Georgetown Technical College, um, we needed a law library mm-hmm. for that more than one program, but that one in particular. And so I, I kept getting these grants from the Chapin Foundation, and we built a law library. And I really, working with the librarians, I got particularly interested in it. I thought, this is perfect, if I could be an academic law librarian. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so when my husband came to work for the Department of Ed, well, we moved back to Columbia, and I decided to go to library school. And then it was just luck you know <laughs> I went to work for a firm for a while mm-hmm. and then about 19 months later they had an opening here at university because it was the only law school in the state at the time the only academic law librarian position ah, okay. and I got it so uh-huh. lucky me well, I've been there for this is my 15th year oh, that's wonderful um, what's the big difference in working for a law firm as a librarian and working as an academic law librarian well, I, I didn't work for a very big firm, and I was their research director. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was probably not as busy as most firms that have uh, law librarians because you've got to be pretty big mm-hmm. to hire a law librarian. Okay. And there are only a few big firms in town like McNair and Nelson Mullins and Hainsworth, those mm-hmm. kinds of folks, mm-hmm. who have um, uh, law librarians mm-hmm. and, and law libraries because they're starting to go mostly electronic Mm -hmm. but I would think the biggest difference is that it's more like being in a law firm where you're not really sure what's going to happen any day Mm. and you may get a project at 4 30 in the afternoon it needs to be finished by the end of the day right and the end of the day might be 9 p.m mm-hmm. that's the practice of law yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that I talked about with Ruth, Ruth Riley about medical librarianship was about the the dwindling of hospital libraries and I wonder if there's also been a dwindling of maybe private firm law libraries well there was a few years back when we had the recession mm-hmm. um, across the country they were going electronic and law librarians were losing their jobs. Really? I'm hoping that that's going to 
pick back up because you do not need books to need a law librarian. Mm -hmm. You need the law librarian to help the, the law clerks that come in there every summer and the, the lawyers understand how to find the research that they're looking for for that mm -hmm. case. Mm -hmm. um, so you could take all the books away and you would need, need a law librarian, I believe. Well, it's like, you know, a lot of people think everything's on Google. I'll just Google mm -hmm. it. But they really don't realize the intense amounts of re research that takes place. Um, you know, just even trying to find maybe the history of a, uh, a law in the U.S. code or something. Well, and that's the problem. There's so much information out there. How do you call through it? And if you don't follow the right process mm -hmm. and know how to uh, judge what you're looking at, and that's where our expertise comes in. Mm -hmm. Plus, in law firms, they're they're into technology and uh, knowledge management, and law librarians in that field mm -hmm. are not me, but they're pretty expert at it. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned technology, and one of the things we did. Uh, by the well, by the way, I will tell our listeners that the USC School of Law is now directly across the street from mm -hmm. the South Carolina State Library. So you had to make a long trek all the way over here today. We're excited about that. I'm very excited about being across the street from you guys. It is nice. It's it's great. One thing I'm really excited about is that the law school has a cafe. So, <laughs> and I'm very apologetic about the 700 students we brought over here to park. <laughs> well, that that's going to happen. But um, but one of the things when you mentioned technology. Uh, the, I organized a tour for South Carolina State Library staff to go over and see the new library. And you have a lot of really neat stuff. And one of the things I remember specifically is the automated shelving because you have the collapsible shelving, but it's, it's digital. Yeah, I was afraid of the compact shelving. We've, we have it on the, uh, on the basement, in the basement. It's, uh, you have to have really reinforced floors for that. Mm -hmm. And there's some books that... We just have to have. I mean, we're the 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 big public law library in the state, mm -hmm. uh, and so we have reporters that you might not spend a lot of time using because they're online, um, and journals and things like that 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 need a place to be, and they all go in the compact shelving. And when folks like me who like um, print and you know older lawyers who come in there that are used to using the print like me um, they can go down there to the compact shelving and they do mm -hmm. and they hit that little button and it opens up it's magical actually uh -huh. I thought I would hate them <laughs> and I don't and I thought it would be dark down there and it's not it's really nice down there with the compact shelving. Uh -huh. the students even like it well one of the things you just hit on was um, men mentioning the public and I think what a lot of people don't understand is that you know, people can come in to the, the law school library just like they can to the medical school library. That's right. Um, we are a public space. So how, how if, if a member of the public wanted to do some kind of legal research, what mm -hmm. kind of advice would you give them? Well, that's kind of probably the thing I'm the most interested in other than teaching is, is working with the public. Um, back when I um, didn't have the title that I do now. I was um, public services librarian. Mm -hmm. We kind of have some handles, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, and I was used to working with the public from coming from tech, but and we get fewer public patrons than we used to. Mm. But when they do come in, um, they come straight to the reference desk, and they kind of get a handle, too, on when the students are out, like fall break, so we'll get a, more. Oh, okay. You know, you'll see, uh -huh. oh, there's a place to park. I'm coming. <laughs> right. Um, and 
and they come in and they ask particular you know truly it's difficult for folks to afford to hire a lawyer and some folks just want to do some things on their own Mm -hmm. everybody's not litigating Mm -hmm. Uh, some people are looking at information on how to uh, write a will Mm -hmm. or how to start their own business or how to copyright their whatever they're creating Mm -hmm. and so they come to us and what we typically do is we know our resources so well Mm -hmm. that um, we can help them find the resources they need to do their own research because we can't do the research for them because when you're a specialized law, law library like us, um, you you can't give legal advice, so right. we can't cross that line. Mm-hmm. But we we are thrilled to help them with. We have print materials, and we also have um, great online databases that they can use if they come in the library. Okay, so it's if they're like accessing the website from home, they're not going to have the same kind of online resources as they would if they actually come in. Right, they'll have the research guides that typically we have several research guys that are that have are links to free resources because mm-hmm. we're really into providing that uh, sure. because research is expensive expensive too but and and faculty and staff can uh, proxy into the um, into the system by using their special name and password but if you're a public patron you have to come in and use it and there are a few databases that everybody has to come in and use in the library, and we mm-hmm. show them how to use that. I mean, we have great stuff. Um, we have Nexus Uni, which is really compliments of the university. That's a, a Lexus product that, that you could just research just about anything on that platform. Mm-hmm. And then we have other things like congressional um, research databases that we used to go over into um, the government documents area okay. to do uh-huh. and and that's all online now and folks can come in and do that kind of research mm-hmm. um we have i'm a i have a special ed background and we have a great database for research in special education law we have a foreign and international law databases wow. but then we also just have the basic south carolina code annotated where folks can find cases and statutes mm-hmm. i mean statutes with cases and then the books we we collect a lot of books for uh, mainly from the South Carolina Bar that are on topics that folks will be interested in. You know, I surveyed people just recently, I mean, librarians recently, about the main topics that people come in and ask mm-hmm. uh, for research. And mm-hmm. one of them was wills and estate, trust and estates, uh, family law, um, landlord tenant, the typical things that you think people would come in to do research, mm-hmm. criminal law too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of leads me into the next question is what's involved in a typical day as a law librarian and we'll clarify a law librarian is is that someone who has a JD well, and, that, and that's the thing if I could just go globally you know it kind of depends I can speak to academic law librarianship and myself mm-hmm. but uh, I do want to I always want to stress to people and particularly people who are thinking about becoming law librarians mm-hmm. a law librarian that you could be working in a firm. You could be working for a state or federal government. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could be working for, you know, like a state agency mm-hmm. or a, a state or federal court, a, a law firm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave anything out. Some states have um, public law libraries. Mm. I wish we did. We have public libraries that try to have uh, legal collections. Mm-hmm. Um, and then s- some states have a state law library, in which mm. we don't. Uh, sadly, but uh, but then there's the academic law librarian, and that's what I do. 
um, I mean, all law librarians are helping people do research, whether you're in the court or, um, in, you know, in a law firm. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a d- different patron base. But for an academic law librarian like me, I'm helping. Like we do reference, the reference librarians, mm-hmm. um, and we do um, we teach, and that's I think that's the the, the big difference and maybe why they require a JD for a reference librarian, because that's another thing I would like to stress for those of you out there thinking about it, that um, most law library jobs, you're not gonna need to be a JD. You would have a master's in library science. And um, so if you took our law library, the folks that work in our circulation department, they're not JDs, and Mm -hmm. in in technical services, they're not JDs. It's just our reference librarians who had gone to law school, gone to library school, and are teaching the law students. Okay. And I think that's the difference. And probably there's se- you could find several law schools across the country that they don't require JDs for the reference librarians. I think it's the teaching, and mm-hmm. that varies a mm-hmm. lot how much you teach. Now, are these tenured positions or non-tenured? And it, ours are tenured okay. positions, yes. So some universities may be different. Right, and some are. Some are... Um, we have a, a tenure track that's different from the other faculty at the university. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also, we're 12-month employees that work like oh, okay. 8.30 to 5 jobs. But mm-hmm. we, um, we also have ours just different because ours does not focus on scholarship the way theirs okay. does. Ours is more focused on service mm-hmm. and librarianship. I do some writing, but honestly, you don't have time when mm-hmm. you're um, – when you're doing a couple of three different jobs. Right, exactly. <laughs> Especially if you're teaching, that's a full-time job in itself. And we teach in the spring, a fall and the spring. So. Okay. Wow, that's that's a lot. We're busy bees. So, uh, typical day as a law librarian. Well, um, depending on if you're teaching, we, um, and for us, we have this absolutely gorgeous building with our nice little suite of librarians. We're going to be um, working on uh, our special projects that we do, like, uh, I won't even talk about the outreach project yet because I know you're going to ask me about that, <laughs> but special projects like doing research guides. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I, it's, that's not special necessarily, but we have to get the time to do that, so we work on that. We do collection development. We all have certain areas that we collect, and it's not that we specialize in that. We just kind of pick those areas. Mm-hmm. And then um, we do reference. Uh, for a reference librarian, we'd be doing reference uh, several hours a week. And then for uh, us, since we teach, we spend a great deal of time mm-hmm. prepping for class and prepping materials. And we have sort of a flipped cra- classroom, so we m- and we write our own online book. So we are doing uh, r- making videos and uh, creating materials all the time. Uh, we we have to have meetings, you know, like every anybody else would, mm-hmm. um, faculty meetings. We meet with the regular faculty. Mm-hmm. We serve on committees within the library. We serve on committees within the law school, and we serve on committees at the university. Mm-hmm. Um, people love to have a librarian on a committee. Oh, know? of course. <laughs> <laughs> There's all your research right there. Mm-hmm. Do you have um, our specific librarians in the law school library, liaisons to specific areas, or do you just all kind of? How the way we handle that, and I think it's because 
we teach so much mm-hmm. is that we have a faculty services librarian, oh, okay. Candle Wester. She works with um, several research assistants, mm-hmm. you know, students mm-hmm. who do research, and and the and the faculty have um, when they have small jobs, they work with Candle to do that. Then mm-hmm. when they have big jobs big research projects they really have their own research assistant and what we do is we work with the research assistants we're sort of it's not an assigned um, sort of program Uh, we just when they sometimes it's students that we've had that we taught Mm -hmm. so if I had somebody for legal research class that person when they're working for a professor usually will come to me and say hey I'm working for this professor. I'm working on this project. Now, where do I start? Oh, okay. You know? Mm-hmm. And so we don't sense. have a formal liaison program, and I don't think we really need one. It mm-hmm. works pretty well the way it is. Mm-hmm. There's some law faculty the, in the doctrinal program who have know the librarians that have been there a long time, mm-hmm. and they just walk right in your office and say, hey. <laughs> right. You know, because they know you, and, yeah. and, and they're used to working with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, I was going to ask about uh, your outreach program, so I'll go ahead and skip to that. <laughs> but what it's called the Circuit Riders Outreach Program. What what does that name mean, and what's the program all about? Well, um, you know Rebecca Maxwell. She's associate director of the Law Library mm-hmm. uh, over across the street, and um, we've been working together for a very long time. When I was uh, first the public services librarian many years ago, we had a lot of folks coming in doing their own research Mm -hmm. uh, and from all over the state and so it was kind of sad in a way because we would it it was nice to help them if they were from you know Charleston or wherever but then we we got to thinking wait a minute there's resources and I knew there were resources Mm -hmm. they could go use because I taught in a paralegal program and paralegal programs have usually a law collection and Mm -hmm. there's nine of them that are ABA approved in the state so my first idea was let's let's um, get people in the know about the resources that they have in their areas mm-hmm. you know public libraries with the code that mm-hmm, kind of thing mm-hmm. academic libraries that have collections like when I mentioned Nexus Uni those are in the academic libraries mm-hmm. and they're free and they're a great resource and um, but then we really wanted to teach non-law librarians everything Mm. we know Mm -hmm. you know because they may be experts in certain areas and they are and I don't know anything about those areas Mm -hmm. but I know how to do legal research and and, and we want to share that and people get kind of uncomfortable about legal research Mm -hmm. I don't know why it's because it's legal Mm -hmm. and because they're afraid they're going to give legal advice so the concept was let's travel around and, and Rebecca came up with the name Circuit Riders. Let's mm-hmm. travel around to the public and academic libraries, to little regions. Mm-hmm. And, and we have um, 16 circuits in our judicial system mm-hmm. here in the South Carolina. And let's go to all of the circuits. So we would say one library would host it in that area mm-hmm. um, that has the say three counties that make up a circuit and um, they would get in touch with the other librarians in that area so you'd end up with academics and um, public you would think of it all be public librarians but a Mm -hmm. lot of academic librarians would would attend and we did that and we made it to about 13 uh, counties and it was great and we did all-day workshops sometimes we overwhelmed them I think Uh Um, and 
and then we learned a lot from them mm-hmm. like we would t- talk about the unauthorized practice of law at the end and they said no wait a minute <laughs> do that at the beginning <laughs> don't tell me how to do this and then tell me but be careful how right. you do it. so we do that at the beginning and that all-day workshop eventually we got to the point where we thought it was less taxing but then you know we started teaching both semesters and we didn't have the time to travel mm-hmm. and we thought if we could do this sort of train the trainer thing online mm-hmm. and someone did ask me when I got can I have all your materials because I've been assigned to the in this public library to train people uh-huh. on the legal materials and I'm like yeah you can have everything I have so we decided then this was a few years back to put it online as much as we could focusing a lot on books and free resources mm-hmm. and making some videos and so that's what we did but we're kind of you know I miss talking to groups mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so we're trying to do a little bit more with uh, the program and we got several with, with doing workshops again we have several things that we're in in the hopper like last night um, at Richland Library and I want to get the names right. Chris Dempsey mm-hmm. works at in the business on the third floor business center. Mm-hmm. Um, he had me and my colleague Aaron Glenn. We went and we did the first ever um, workshop for public patrons. Just oh, go okay. straight to the source. Yeah. And that was great. Um, we did two hours of it. I can't believe they could wow. handle us for two hours last <laughs> night. And then at SCLA slash SELA conference mm-hmm. in Greenville in, uh, on November 2nd, we're going to, all of us, well, four of us, me. Um, They're going to have to shut down your library. I know. <laughs> Rebecca, who was the absolutely wonderful, she, she's staying back to, to cover for us. She does uh-huh. that a lot. And, um, and I should not let her, but she does. So <laughs> it's me and Erin Glenn and um, Eve Ross and Dan Brackman. And we're the four of us are going to go do a double session at um, SCLA on what we've called Shine the Light on Legal Research. Oh, that's great. Uh, because we do think that it can be demystified mm-hmm. uh, for folks. And we're going to do two hours of it. And I have to thank um, Tiffany Hayes from the State Library who works with Continuing Ed and uh-huh. Amanda Stone for helping us get this two-hour session together. Then we're going to hawk our wares at, at SCLA <laughs> and come back. And on December 13th, uh, Lisa Giskus helped me get, um, along with Tiffany Hayes, to get a full-day workshop for librarians. Uh-huh. Uh, at Richland Library on December 13th where I'm hoping Rebecca can come with us and we'll all do uh, you know we're going to feed them Uh lunch and uh, we'll do an all day session it's really not all day all day it's like two hours in the morning lunch Mm -hmm. and then two hours in the afternoon okay well that's great I mean that's a wonderful opportunity for uh, librarians across the state to be able to learn exactly what it is they need to know um, so they're not, you know, duplicating efforts or they're not worrying about giving out legal advice, that kind of thing. Right, and we really um, focus on know your resources, refer, and, and don't worry about it. You mm-hmm. know, you're not going to come practice law without a license. Right. Know your resources. We don't put librarians in jail. Know your resources. Refer mm-hmm. to the right people. Know where the li- law libraries are that mm-hmm. you can get folks to. and. And you'll be fun, fine. And I think it's 
really fun. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, I think legal research is like solving a puzzle. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so there's no reason to be a, really afraid of it. But who does legal research? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I tell my students when they come in, in law school, you didn't really spend your lifetime thinking about, oh, wonder what regulation uh, <laughs> governs that. Uh-huh, right, <laughs> you know? exactly. Or how do, does a regulation become a regulation? It's just not, not something people think about on mm-hmm. an everyday basis, mm-hmm. even though you probably had to comply with about 10 or 12 laws just to get to work. Right, exactly, <laughs> and you don't realize it. But you are. You're having to abide by those. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about uh, was what kind of special collections does the law school Uh, library offer. And one of the things I wanted to also mention was uh, the reading room that you have is really, truly a magnificent (laughs) reading room. And it's got, for those of you just picture, there's an entire wall that's about two stories that has uh, portraits on it. And and who are those portraits, those oil paintings of of different individuals? Well, those are and the nice thing about that, by the way, our, our portrait collection, there are several of them in the, um, in the reading room that's on the second floor of the law library that you can overlook our courtyard. We're very proud of our new building. We feel a little guilty because it's so nice. But <laughs> um, they, uh, they're in there, up on the wall, and then you'll see them in our courtrooms in the building as well. And those are folks that are you know leading figures in South Carolina history that go back Oh, a very long time. And and judges, Mm -hmm. um, deans of the law school, um, political figures. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about that is um, it has been digitized. Uh, And so if you go up on our... um, on website the, yep, and I and, have a and we've link a, I can give you about. Yep, in uh, fact, we'll include collections. we'll include that link on our uh, podcast webpage. It's uh, they're there and they're absolutely gorgeous. The collections are are and they're in chronological order, and then you can look it up by name, like you know Judge Perry who passed away not too long ago. Mm-hmm. He's he's in the he's in the um, reading room, I believe, but his, his portraits up there. Justice Finney's portraits up there. We go all the way back to. Uh, you know, Jonathan Jasper Wright, you know, from back in Reconstruction days. It's, and then a bunch of older fellows that I really don't know their names, <laughs> but it's up there and you would know their names if you looked uh, uh-huh. on our in, on our collection online. Okay. And um, I, I remember you also had like a history type room that had lots of historical information. On the second floor, um, you know, those laws that go so far back from, you know, before statehood and the um, constitutions and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Things that we are we don't want to put out into the collection, they're mm-hmm. pretty fragile. Uh, though that's in the history room, and the history room is beautiful. It's on the second floor. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't collect for the history room, so I have a hard time coming up with the list of what all's in there, <laughs> sure. but uh, it is it is nice. And, and is that available to the mm-hmm, public? Mm-hmm. Is but it's kept is it kept locked? We or? have locked it since it's it's now on the second floor. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the uh, circulation mm-hmm. um, folks are will let you in. Mm-hmm, you know, all you mm-hmm. have to do is ask. Okay. Um, that that's one room uh, that I mean has. It's a nice rug in there. It has all these things that you uh-huh. have to kind of be careful about. And, and I believe we have some portraits in that room as well. Okay. It's not huge, 
Uh, but what we do have is nice, and, and it's if, climate control. And if you're interested in, you know, historical legal information or uh, resources, that's definitely the place to look. People are always coming to look at the um, uh, constitutional-type things mm -hmm. in, in that history room mm -hmm. uh, from uh, when we – conventions – and we have the books up there where they have the minutes of things. And oh, okay. So they'll, it comes in waves when people mm -hmm. want to go in the history room. There, you know, if you, the laws back when in slavery days, you mm -hmm. know, those are in the book. Those books are in that room. Mm -hmm. We also have digitized some things too. Okay. For people, some historical. You materials. digitize those on site or send those over to the Thomas um, Cooper Library. Now Pamela Melton, who has just retired last year, she uh -huh. was in charge of doing that that digitization. Can't say that word, but um, she took the former codes, the uh -huh. ones that state doesn't have copyright on, and had those with a grant. Um, I think. They may have done it on campus. We had students do the work. Mm -hmm. um, they scanned our former code. So lawyers are always coming in to say, oh, looking for what did that statute look like in the 62 code? Uh -huh. Well, she scanned that. And then we realized that our state register, which is where the regulations go before they go in the, um, the actual code of regulations, mm -hmm. we didn't have many years of that, those up online. The mm -hmm. State House website has the more current ones, but we, Pamela had took the project on to digitize those all the way back to 1977 when the state register began. Mm. So lawyers can can go up and look at that and the former versions of the code. They never believe it in law school when we tell them they're always going to be looking at the former versions of the code <laughs> in print. Right, exactly. <laughs> but they are. But they're there. So um, so as we wrap up, I, I just wanted to ask you, what's your personal library story? Were you a library user as a kid, or how, how, how did you get into libraries? Well, I'll tell you that, but, but I have to mention before I go, because uh -huh. Eve Ross will not let me in the door if I don't say <laughs> that our U of SC Law Lab is we're on Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, and Instagram. Oh, great! And she also has a blog. And this week we're doing uh, postings about our LGBTQ um, holdings because uh -huh. it's Pride Week. Yep. And she's writing also some posts about true crime. Uh, our book display. So they do a little bit of fun with some of the books that we have. That's very cool. Um, I think a lot of people wouldn't realize all those kind of different things that you're doing. I think a lot of people have in their mind, you know, the kind of stuffy boardroom type legal stuff, but you guys are doing a whole lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in my story, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know that I really have a story. You know, when I was a kid, we would just run around all over the place. Uh -huh. And um, I would like going in libraries mm -hmm. but um my sister and my brother and i one day i'm sure we were barefoot went into the <laughs> library and they weren't very nice to us and uh -huh. i thought you know if i'm ever you know you should be nice to people and uh -huh. and, and um and we didn't feel welcome and i thought if i'm ever in charge of a library uh -huh. uh, that's i'm gonna make folks welcome <laughs> and so uh, maybe that's why i like working with the public uh -huh. because i think um 
they might be taken for granted sometimes and, and they need more help often than others. But I, I will tell you that when when somebody has a dog in the fight <laughs> uh-huh, and uh-huh. they come in to do legal research, that yeah. learning curve flattens pretty quickly. You know, they oh, are yeah. really attentive. And I was a, a type that hung out in libraries um, uh-huh. Uh, because I was a middle child and I was pretty much, and my mother was a single parent for a long time and mm-hmm. I was in charge of everything. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I married a man who does nothing but read. Uh-huh. The, the interesting thing is he gets to read all the fun stuff and not that law is not fun, but I'm usually <laughs> reading, uh, you know, cases and statutes uh-huh. and regulations and um only when I have really interesting ones do I uh, share them with people. <laughs> and most of the time, n- nobody wants to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, thank you for pointing out the social media stuff. We'll definitely take a look at that. And are those links available from the Law School Library website? Mm-hmm. I think we have them on uh, every page that we can get them on. Okay, uh, I'm sure they're, uh, all three are on the bottom, and they're also on the bottom of my email. Perfect. We put them right under our names good well i'll make sure i'm horrible about helping out with that but (laughs) eve does a great job and keeps up with everything well it's really important a lot of people don't realize that but i think a lot of people just automatically assume everyone is doing that and not everyone does do that so no and i mean we we kind of specialize in a way our uh, aaron glenn is our technology person he does so many things with technology that if we wanted to get anything up online Uh he could show us how and then um eve is really on it when it comes to uh facebook twitter and um instagram and i'll tell you i'm not on twitter or instagram i'm i'm trying to get there i'm the same way that's okay i'm I'm a facebook person too so i think we're of the facebook generation i'm not big at taking my own (laughs) pictures so you know (laughs) Uh, well thank you so much for talking with us today thank you for having me and thank you to our listeners you can find library voices sc on podbean stitcher and TuneIn radio or add us on your favorite podcast app Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. We love hearing from our listeners, so send us your comments and suggestions for future topics. Library Voices SC is the official podcast of the South Carolina State Library. Until next time, this is Curtis Rogers. Thanks for listening.